Hey everyone, it's Dr. Dave Usher for Dr. Usher Weighs In. Welcome to this version of the podcast where we are talking about generally reforming the cost of healthcare, and we are going to provide today some a couple useful constructs, ways for people to think differently about the problem. We have lots of I have lots of conversations with folks uh, as a primary care physician who's been in the big system, uh, working for a large system here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, for 12 years or more, and then starting my own direct pay practice and now direct primary care practice uh, for employers. I've had lots and lots and lots of opportunities to talk to individuals as well as employers, uh, legislators, United States Congress people, and United States senators, and so on. And we have this conversation, and um, there's a lot of um, time we spend kind of trying to come up with images that work or ways to think differently about uh, situations. And uh, some people uh, can pick it up really fast based on the language. Other people aren't familiar with the language, so... You want to come up with other ways of kind of illustrating what we're talking about when we talk about um, reform medicine, when we talk about direct primary care, uh, we talk about a different way of, of approaching healthcare financing. And uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of one of the best things that I do is one of the most fulfilling things is when I'm talking to a patient and explaining things to them. Uh, and finding a way that that makes it click in their brain as to what I'm talking about. Because I might be talking to a, a mechanical engineer or I might be talking to somebody who um, uh, works at Walmart or does retail or who knows what the thing is. So you want to try to personalize your, your educational approach for people so they can actually, uh, you can see the light go on and you can always see it when they finally go, ah. Oh. Now I get it, Doc. I get it. I get what you're talking about. Okay, that makes sense to me. That's really, um, I know I've done my job well in that visit. If I can get the patient to understand what I'm talking about, why it is that um, the approach we're recommending is is what it is. And so um, when I'm having conversations with employers or individuals uh, about what it is that we're doing at Reform Medicine in Western Wisconsin, that uh, one of the images that has worked really well for me is uh, the idea of talking about um, health insurance as opposed to car insurance. And almost everybody owns a car. With me today is Sydney from our uh, podcasting company, uh, Eau Claire Hometown Media Radio. And um, Sydney has a agreed uh, a little reluctantly to be my partner today, but I want to ask her a couple of questions because um, Sydney is a student and um, smart as a whip and, and is re- sitting here producing our podcast today. Sydney, do you know, oh, say hi to the people, Sydney. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, great. Thank you. So, um, Sydney, do you own a car? I do. You do. Do you pay for insurance on that car? Um, my family. It's part of my family's. Yeah. So it's on the insurance, family insurance plan. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. 
Uh, do you have a mechanic that you use? Well, it depends on the problem that I have in my car. Um, yeah, if you happen I don't... to be home, you go to your dad first or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So you need a mechanic? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, so this is not unlike what happens in healthcare. Now, so yeah, so you go to, in case of men, they ask their wife, hey, do you think oh, this is a real problem? And if they say it is, then they go somewhere and get it, get it checked out. Um, but the way I think of it is this. Um, people like to talk about health insurance. I've heard this over the years. I have great health insurance or I have bad health insurance or my health insurance is terrible or they use some other pejorative, which I won't use. Um, but they talk about their insurance based on the things it will pay for that don't seem to be an emergency, right? So, uh, for example, what kind of things would you expect your car and you would go tap your car insurance to pay for? Mm, if I got into an accident? An accident, yeah. A big yeah. fender bender or worse, right? Tree falls <laughs> on your car or something terrible. Right. Right? I mean, big stuff. This is This is stuff you hope i mean you buy insurance and hope you never use it it's like life insurance oh, i don't want to ever use that or homeowners insurance right yeah um tree falls on my house that's a big deal but that's a homeowner's insurance that's why we have those policies because that's a really big spend health insurance we have uh, kind of somehow slidden into the idea that slid not slidden slid into the idea that health insurance should cover everything that we expect from from medical care. So um, the way I guess I would like to think about this is if you look at this from a car insurance model, what you really want your health, your car insurance for is those big crack ups, right? But the person you'd rather take your car to is not the collision center. You'd rather take them to your mechanic, right? If you have a guy you know or a lady. Um, who you really trust and they do a great job and they're not soaking you and they only do what you need and they're not making stuff up and charging you double and so on. But if you get somebody who you really trust and you're like, man, this car, I need this car. I got to get around. It's my part of my livelihood. So it needs to work. So you call the person you trust, you take them in, they diagnose the problem, they recommend some treatments. You know, maybe one of them's really expensive, but you don't have to do it right now, but you bring it back in next week and we'll take care of the rest of it and so on. I mean, it's really kind of a cool relationship if you have a mechanic that you really trust, right? Yeah. So healthcare has gotten to uh, the point where we have insurance, hoping that we never really need to tap it, but we've kind of lost sight of the fact that we really need a, a good healthcare mechanic, if you will, right? Somebody you can trust, mm -hmm. somebody you can call first, and, you know, sometimes they'll take your phone call and say, nah, you don't need to bring that in, Jim. That just sounds like a, you know, whatever. If it's a, rattling a little bit, it may be this or that, but it's not a dangerous thing, you know, bring it in two weeks if it's still going on, something like that. So in healthcare, um, we've lost sight of the fact that some of our healthcare can be handled under the mechanic model. And so... The way I think of that is, is your primary care doctor should be like your trusted mechanic. Those should be people that it's easy to get into. It's easy to call them. You like to call them because you always get good advice. You get great service when you need to go in. Um, it's they're very, as much as possible, transparent about what things are going to cost. So you don't walk out of there going, holy crap, I, did, I wasn't expecting to spend all that. Um, 
and leave the insurance to um, the big dollar items, the things that you can't really predict or plan for or affect the cost of, right? So um, do you get oil changes, uh, Sydney, on your car? Or does somebody else do that for you? You change your own oil. Do I change my own oil? Right. I do not change no, my own. I haven't own. changed my own oil in years. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten how to do it. Um, so do you ever take it into another shop to have it changed? Mm -hmm. Do you ask them to bill your car insurance for that? Uh, no, usually I'll just take care of it at that point. Yeah, I whip out a credit card or you know cash or whatever, and you just pay for it, right? You expect right. to do that. Right. How about a set of tires? Do you ever have to put tires on your car? Yeah, actually, especially being up north, I mean, you got to switch out your tires from snow tires to new ones, so... Right. Um, but sometimes I'll have that like have that taken care of depending on how much I need done. Right. Yeah. So, do you send that bill to your insurance? Um, I don't believe so. No, you don't. <laughs> you just, somebody's just got to pay it, right? Because right. your insurance company will be like, that's that's not even insurable. Everybody changes their tires. I mean, it's like a almost fit well. Not everybody goes to snow tires, but the point is, tires wear out, and you can expect it, and you can predict it, and you can plan for it, and you can save for it, and and when it happens, you just plunk down the cash. If you had now, what if you had to buy a set of tires? Let's say I just bought a set of tires, probably I don't know a thousand dollars or something. We got we got pretty good tires. My wife likes good traction so, <laughs> in this weather up here um, in Wisconsin. So uh, we bought a set of pretty good tires, but it was like a thousand bucks, right? Right. They should last five or six years. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, but the point is, I didn't send that to my insurance company. Why? Yeah. Because. It's a predictable thing. It's and, we, and it's steerable. We could have shopped around and maybe found the same tires for $50 less or $100 less or something. But um, the point is it's it's transparently priced. I know exactly what it's going to cost. Right. You know, there's no guesswork in it. And so um, I can shop and I can choose and I can use the guy I trust or I can use the guy who's cheapest or lady. Mm -hmm. Auto mechanics tend to be predominantly male, so I'm a little biased in that regard. However, um, having said that, so what we've gotten away from that in healthcare is thinking about health insurance that way. We think of health insurance as overall healthcare. It's like our health plan, and the language that health insurance companies use kind of um, uses that construct and. And Medicare and Medicaid and all these people, they want to talk. It's like they want to cover everything bumper to bumper, and yet they don't want to cover it bumper to bumper, right? So, right. what's happened is, oh, we'll cover it bumper to bumper, but you have to shoulder the first six thousand or seven thousand or now eight thousand dollars. We call that a high deductible health plan, right? And so, if you ask people who think about health insurance, they'd say, well, that's like not having health insurance at all. Except that it is, because if a big catastrophe happens, you have that big backstop, right? right. If I wind up with a heart attack or an appendectomy or something, it will cover whatever beyond the $8,000, right? Mm. But I'm on the hook for the first eight grand. That's a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? But if you know you're going to spend, you've got to spend that $8,000 out of pocket, why wouldn't you want to shop around for that first eight grand, right? If you right. could go somewhere and say, gee, how much is this going to cost? How much that's going to cost? Mm -hmm. I got to go see somebody for my my knee pain. What's that going to cost? If you could know that, like a set of tires, mm -hmm. and see what the prices are and, you know, um, have a chance to think that through, you would make decisions differently. Mm -hmm. But we don't have that in the health 
industry because, well, it's I hate the word industry, but it's health insurance industry because you can't transparently know what the prices are. Right. Did you ever try calling a big clinic uh, or any clinic, really, aside from ours, but any clinic and say, hey, what would it cost for X, Y, or Z? Have you ever done that? No. You're pretty young. You wouldn't have to <laughs> do that. Um, a lot of our patients will do that. They'll say, I tried to find out what it was, and they they couldn't tell me. They said they would need to talk to their business department and run it up and down. I've had patients come in, and they tell them that it's one price, and then they get a bill at the end of the month. It's like four times what they were told. Yeah, it's really dispiriting, and it makes people really angry. And, of course, um, bankruptcy being what it is, 65% of all personal bankruptcy in this country is due to health bills, mm. medical bills, right, which is terrible. So if we think differently about health insurance and start thinking about it like we should think about with car insurance and homeowner's insurance, insurance really is for that thing you can't predict and that could be catastrophic in its cost. Otherwise, what you're talking about is either repairs, minor repairs or maintenance, mm -hmm. you know, prevention. Those are things that you can kind of predict and you can know. Just mm -hmm. experience tells us if you ask, um, ask our parents, how often do I need a new set of tires? Well, I don't know, probably every three years, every four years, every five years, whatever the number is. Right. You know, if you're being careful with your finances, um, you could say, huh, maybe I ought to put $10 a week away for that, you know, so because in a year I'm going to need some new tires. Right. Right. Um, and you can budget it that way. Do most people think that way? Maybe not, but, but you could. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad way to think. Um, and the same thing is true uh, for healthcare, but the difference is in healthcare, it's hard to know what the price is, mm -hmm. right? So the idea behind reform medicine is to be able to tell people what the price is. Yep. This is what the price is. And, oh, guess what? How much of healthcare cost is related to having to bill insurance or bill Medicare or bill Medicaid? What percentage of the price? Let's say I charged you 100 It was $100. How much of that would be just due to the fact that we have to go through this process of billing insurance to get paid? Mm -hmm. I'll give you a hint. 40. 40%. <laughs> That's right. 40%. And you hear different numbers. Some people say 25%. I've heard people say 35 Some people say 50 I think it. I think of it as about 40%. Um, when we started our practice, the... the um, Large uh, family practice organization said, here's what you need because you're going to have to hire extra people to do insurance billing and so on. And so you're going to have to have a, this staff of four and a half people. Um, I said, what if I don't, I did the math. So what if I don't have to do insurance billing and then we can ratchet this number and that cost back and so forth. And so much of that cost goes away that I was able to start my practice in Menominee with just one staff person instead of 4.5 staff people. Um, and that's been pretty successful, I should say. So um, so the point is there's significant cost in having to do uh, insurance billing. And when your insurance, in, when everybody's running around with high deductible health plans, insurance billing isn't getting them anything paid for for them anyway in the primary care setting because no matter what we do in family practice in the most expensive health systems, we don't do $5,000 worth of stuff in a, in a family practice office. We just don't. There's not 
that to be done, you know, unless you just do endless lab work or something. I suppose I can imagine you could run up five grand, but mm-hmm. um, not in, not in our office. We don't have. We could do practically every lab we do, and we barely get to five thousand dollars. But um, the point is, if you're going to have this huge high deductible, and you're going to pay cash for all of that up to that first five or six or seven thousand dollars, why not shop around? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have to get to uh, six thousand dollars, maybe you only get to six hundred. For the same care that might have cost you the three or four thousand dollars in one of the big systems, um, that's a huge cost savings, right? Mm-hmm. I tell people I don't want you to ever hit your deductible. Mm-hmm. The whole point is to not do that, right. not with primary care, not with stuff that we can steer the cost on, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not that we do cheap care or bad care or or um, low cost care. We do great care here, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't. But we do it in such a way that keeps the the overhead down keeps the cost down, and then when we translate that into working with employers, um, we do it in a way that it doesn't cost the patient a thing to come through the door. So what you get, well, bottom line is, what people need that they're not getting from the healthcare system. The health, the hospital is like your collision center, right? Where you go and you get a big monster car crash. Right. right, you right. might not have might might not just be a body shop. You might need you know um, engine work and all kinds of things because of your of your big car crash. So you need a collision center. That's what your hospital and health system should be. Primary care should be your mechanic, the person you go to first with the little stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe it's big stuff and you're not sure. But yeah. even if it turns out to be big stuff, then your your mechanic can tell you where to go for the best transmission work or right. best body shop, so on and so forth. Okay. So uh, that's primary care uh, as a mechanic and not your collision center. So insurance is good for collisions. And, um, and in healthcare, that's really the way to think about it because that's the way it's going to wind up. Ultimately, it's going to go there. Uh, we have to be better consumers uh, of healthcare. And in order to be better consumers, we need more transparency and we need, you know, health healthcare practitioners that are willing to put prices out there and stick to those so patients don't so the patients can trust us that's probably the biggest portion of of that relationship is the trust and knowing that at the end of the month they're not going to get um their clocks cleaned and their bank accounts emptied uh, by a big surprise bill even though they tried to be good consumers and so i would encourage uh, americans to think about Healthcare differently in that regard. It's this is not going backwards as long as we have uh, employer mandates in place, as long as we have minimum essential coverage through insurance companies and the Affordable Care Act. The cost of healthcare is not going to go down if we continue to think about it in the same way that we always have. We have to think differently about about how we're buying it, and frankly, um, it's very hard for primary care doctors within big systems to even know what the prices of things are themselves because they they don't know very often and it's hard for them to find out they just want to see patients and and do the right thing Uh, but the systems are designed to keep things a little bit murky and so um, an independent uh, primary care group who's focused on knowing the costs and keeping it transparent and and treating the well-being the financial well-being of the patient as 
important as any aspect of their life, which it really is, any aspect of their health, um, you have to be committed to that as a physician because the, the this third-party payment system has made, separated the price of the thing from the person receiving the care. And as long as the patient is not paying for it, um, that's not a big deal. The problem is with high deductibles, the patient is now paying for lots and lots and lots of their health care. So we have to lift the veil on that um, and give people great access to their health care mechanic and um, leave the big insurance spend to uh, the collision center or the, the hospitals and the big systems where they can get the higher level of care if they need it. So, all right, well, that's my... Uh, that's my take on a way, an image to put in your brain and a way you can talk to others about health care and health insurance and the problem of health care. We could talk endlessly about this, but I've, I'm, I'm not going to do that today. Thank you for tuning in to uh, this version of Dr. Usher Ways In, and we hope to uh, see you on other podcasts uh, sometime soon.